Welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review our show. I'm your host, Wayne Blue, joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. Uh, thrilling weekend for the Raptors, not so much for uh, the Canadian men's national team. Oh, yeah. Tough Tough defeat. Watching that at Scotiabank Arena was uh, was a little tough. All oh, right, you were at the Nick Nurse open house for co- was. coaches open house. Yeah, What's even, even though this was like a historic moment for Canada in the World Cup, you know my dedication to this job does not waver. Mm. And so on a Sunday, I went down to practice, which was taking place at Scotiabank Arena. And uh, once per year, the Raptors host um, you know an annual coaches clinic, sort of open to you know coaches of all levels. To come in, sit in on a practice. The Raptors are usually pretty secretive about their practices. Uh, even media, for example, don't really get to go see them. Um, but once a year, they they sort of allow for this developmental coaching experience. And so it was cool to sort of see the, the Raptors run through the drills, go through the skill work. Um, honestly, even just from a reporting perspective, it was good to see Pascal on the floor and Scotty on the floor and Champagny, um, you know, Delano Banton, like these guys who have been out of late, um, all taking place and stuff. So it, it was a cool event, but it just so happened to overlap with uh, the Canada Croatian match. So um, watched a lot of that in the media room. You know, always dreamed of watching it with our with our guest in the second segment, Michael Grange. Oh, okay. Yeah, this guy just had his his because the media room has like obviously you know this, but everyone else doesn't, right? They have they have the four TVs on the two sets of the walls. And then they have this one big projector TV where they have like six TVs essentially aggregated into. So did they have screen. it on the big projector? They had another big projector, and then they had Grange just sitting on his own chair, <laughs> right in front of it with his arms crossed. Um, okay. Watching Canada take that wild L to Croatia. Yeah, that was tough. No Davis Cup on 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 any of the screens. Okay. Uh, I was I'm watching Davies. Oh, okay. Not, Davies not, over not, Davis. Not, not Davis. Yeah. yeah. Shouts, shouts to the Tennessee. How was um, you know, because I saw the email invite to mm-hmm. to the open house, and I think they said that brunch was going to be served. There how was, was brunch? How was the brunch, brother? Um, <laughs> <laughs> am I putting you in the spot wow. here? Uh, okay. You know, famously, I, I, first off, it's very generous of them to obviously famously just you don't eat eggs. Is that no? The thing? I don't like breakfast foods, so they yeah. had a classic breakfast food spread of like sausages, bacon, pancakes. Oh man, like. Uh, hash browns. Yeah. You know, some hash browns are nice. I like hash browns. So did you sample the food? I didn't finish my plate. Okay. No. Well, this is a, a countdown because... Not, not ideal. We're, we're, That's okay, though. We're five days away. Shao uh, Sarovanyao inviting us to taste test Chung Chung. See? At the arena. Chung Chung for breakfast. I'd rather have Chung Chung for breakfast than, oh, yeah? than any of that stuff, yeah. But huh. it was cool. It was a great experience. Um, okay. I, I like yeah, the fact yeah, so, that like, so, this is so, like a, so what did you learn? Like, bring, bring something okay. to, to the show, you Here's know? Here's the thing. One Nick was saying and, and, and talking to the, the crowd of coaches, right? Mm. He did make multiple illusions that the media are here. And so he didn't want to, like, give away too much. Okay. So I'm not going to come on here and be like, this is all the stuff that they're doing. And I don't think they were even in, in depth to that degree. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I thought a couple of things was interesting. Someone so asked. So you're holding out on me too? <laughs> no, no, I told you off air already. Oh, okay. That, that was all the details, really. Okay, I wasn't listening. Um, but if someone asked, like, how do you keep your players accountable? Mm. And the Raptors... He's like, by calling them out. Well, I mean, Nick's like, have you you not seen me in the media? Uh, But no, Nick was like, look, we have this, like, essentially a a scorecard after each game. Like, you had a report card after each game. And it's all focused on defense. 
This is after every single game. Yeah, it's like oh, a, okay. it's like a box score. Like you would hold up like a sheet of paper and they will tell you right. like, your box score, but it's obviously not the same box sure. score as you would normally see. And there's a number of defensive categories on there, mm. right? And so um, again, I I don't need to tell you everything. Although I, to be honest, I think a lot of other teams do this too. It's not this big of a secret. Yeah. We're talking about Raptors basketball. Not so kind of like specific things, like hustle, like. Specific things yeah, that like they for dive example, into, like pressuring the ball, right? You know how Nick okay. loves to pressure the ball, right? He yeah. always talks about ball pressure, so he'll track like the number of opportunities, like assistant coaches we have yeah. on the bench tracking. Like, okay, so, so that's what those twelve assistant coaches are for. Yes, yeah. yes, okay. each of them are tracking like one stat each. Not really, yeah. but they also take place in practice and stuff like that. Like for example, they had like you know Jamal and and some and and, and Earl and and like they, you know they would have like their own squad of coaches to play to practice against some of the players mm, as well but anyway right. whatever this doesn't really matter that much but no i think this yeah. is super interesting stuff for for fans yeah which again like this is all stuff that i'm sure most teams do so i'm not really trying to give away anything here in confidence sure uh but anyway this 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 defensive scorecard that they give um you know for example nick was talking about how they track how many times do you pressure the ball when given the opportunity to mm. and he's he was reading off some stats he was like yeah fred was 14 of 16 Wow. So he had 16 times to pressure the ball against Dallas. He did it 14 times. So Fred's getting like A-plus report cards after yeah. every game, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, OG. Uh, obviously, he was on the ball a lot because he was guarding Luka. So yeah. it was like they had 55 chances to be on the ball. He was I, I wanna he see defended if, I wanna, the ball like I wanna, 48 times. Next time you go, I want to I wanna see one of Malachi's scorecards. Uh, he did mention that one unnamed player was was in the red, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure who it was. Uh, I'm not going to speculate who it was. We could narrow that down. I don't know, man. There's some players who didn't play a lot in the second half in that game. But um, no, it was cool. Oh, and then I, I don't know. I, it's just it, I, the other thing, too, that was interesting was he was just talking about how him and Masai really get along because they're really committed to winning. Okay. And Masai came up to him and was like, hey, man, whatever you need to do. Go do it. You need to go see JV in Lithuania. Go do it. Which no Nick budget. Nurse used to do as an assistant, even right? Yeah, but no, that's no budget. Wealth. J- no, no budget. budget. No he's, budget. He said Larry's going to sign off at all costs. Yeah, and that's the Raptors organization and their identity. And I think it's cool that it extends even to like just coaches and growing the game of basketball in Canada, right? Because mm-hmm. this is something that this this coaches seminar like uh, predates Nick as the head coach. Like we like they used to do this when Dwayne was here as well. So it's oh, like okay. it's a it, it's a cool program they're doing. And honestly, um, I don't know. Everyone can make it down to Scotiabank Arena all the time. But this is a really cool chance to do so. And especially if you're an aspiring coach of any level. It was like an like, open house, right? Yeah. yeah. Like and coaches could come. Look out for next in. year. I think we probably should have promo, promoted a little bit more. Yeah. Because um, I've been thinking about going to this thing for a while now. It was a really rewarding experience. And uh, yeah. Did they hand out any free merch like? They throw T-shirts into the crowd. It was I think one they of those. Did at the end there. Okay. I don't know. You gotta ask Jonesy. Just, Jonesy did a great job hosting it. Just here to ask the important questions. So Toronto Raptors are playing tonight. Yes, they are playing tonight. Pascal Siakam is officially listed as questionable. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's one of those situations where you know he's gonna test it out and see. But Nick's basically said that you know he's been going through practice and stuff like that. Um, you know, we we did hear, or we we did see Pascal like take place in a lot of the drills. Uh, yesterday, um, and yeah, and look, this is how the progression works. Like a player's out, then they're upgraded to questionable. Then they speak to the media, right? There's always like a media session before they're about to come back. And then in this special case, like Pascal also released some um, footage with like, oh yeah, Red Bull, and a, stuff. a Red Bull Sunday service video. Is yeah, what they called it. Yeah. So okay. So no, all signs are pointing to him. If not tonight, then he'll probably be back on Wednesday. I would say. I think yeah, most likely probably tonight though. I think. It okay. just it just it, it looks like it. That's all. Like these are the usual signs towards a player coming back from injury. Yeah, no, that sounds good. But uh, he did say that it was ultimately 
Alex's call. Not you, McKechnie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah very few say in the city. But the Raptors, you know, if Pascal returns tonight, the Raptors wrapped up their stretch without him with a win on the weekend over the Dallas Mavericks. That's right. 105. To yeah, the Mavs are down bad, man. They've they've now lost four straight. I was watching their game against the Bucks yesterday. Yeah, and I, I thought Dallas actually played well. They scored quite a lot, um, but it was like Milwaukee was able to just get baskets any single time they wanted to down the floor. Yeah, the problem Milwaukee's with- so dominant right now. It's actually it's it's a little scary. And Giannis no. isn't even playing like full Giannis level yet. He's not full Giannis, and they're still missing Chris Middleton. But like Javon Carter is just like pulling up. Well, from I threes. saw Grayson Allen. Didn't he yeah. hit like seven out of eight from three? Grayson Allen yesterday? was seven of seven from three just in the also first half. Saw him jump in midair and elbow Luca on one play. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Mike <laughs> uh, Budenholzer was very upset that that foul was called on his yeah. player there. But yeah, I think the big problem with Dallas is just there's just such a drop off from the number one player to the number two. Yeah, and I thought um, like Spencer you saw Dinwiddie, on the last on the last play uh, oh, of the game against the Raps. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that one, that one's that one was tough. Honestly, um, I'm I'm happy the Raptors were able to keep Luca quiet. I think the double teams worked better than they had previously, and also I think OG guarding the ball mm. as compared to like Scotty guarding the ball, for example. I just think obviously OG's on a different level defensively. Yeah. No, listen, we we have to start with OG because I, yeah. I think I think the performance like he had on Saturday is is the type that you put on, on your PowerPoint presentation when when you send it out to the voters and stuff mm. for defensive player of the year. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, limiting someone to 24 points. No, <laughs> it does but, sound kind of wild, but it's no, true but like he, they, they, he, he did a good job. He played Luka when you look at just the whole game. Like he had 26 points, nine rebounds, two steals, two blocks. Yeah. And like, sure, you can yeah. point to better performances, but these are the ones that the voters are going to look at. I agree. When I you're think. matched up against Aluka. I, I think Alba made that point at the start of the broadcast, and he was just like, look, you want to, you know, contend for these awards. This is your opportunity. Mm. This is like an MVP candidate. Like one of the right. leading MVP candidates, because this is basically like LeBron on the uh, on, on the old Cavaliers with Delonte West and... Uh, <laughs> Eric Snow, you know, you know, like it, it's, oh, it's one of those. Shouts to Larry Hughes. Shouts to Sasha Pavlovich. Oh, um, you know, like that's. Booby Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of guys that they got going on over there. Yeah. Um, so like, you know. They just you have know a lot of, of, they just have a lot of Dorian Finney-Smiths. It's actually <laughs> Luca and like five Dorian Finney-Smiths. <laughs> yeah. It's actually, and it was like pretty sad when like Tim Hardaway got open shots and he's not been making those shots either. Like. It's, you know, a, it's a tough moment. You know who they man. should add to the squad that'd be perfect? Jay Crowder. Oh. <laughs> Jay Crowder would be perfect on this squad. Just well, another salsa well, you, you dancer. Saw a lot of Mavericks fans were like, you know who would be perfect on this team? OG. I'm like, yeah, I, I bet it would oh, be. Yeah, man. you're not getting him though. Yeah, but like you were saying. Yeah, and and this is a big opportunity for for OG, and I thought he took that chance. And obviously, look, the, what the Raptors too is like, you're going to double team everybody, right? So it mm. wasn't just OG. I thought sure. Fred did a really good job of pressuring the ball in those double teams. Thad, those two guys, Fred and Thad, as the helpers to come over and trap, were, were uh, just executing quite well. Obviously, we saw in the last play there where Thad was able to come over and um, force Luca to give up the ball. Like, you know, I just think they execute their scheme well. But I think uh, to me, it's like offensively, um, that's where the struggles have been. It's it's just like, can you find some way to fashion an offense? And I thought the Raptors did a decent job of that, especially in crunch time. Uh, when Fred, who after the game admitted he was out of gas, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, someone else got to come over and do it. And I thought OG stepped up to the plate. I thought, uh, and and the rest of the team just kind of made just enough plays around OG, sort of get it done. And OG had what twelve points in the fourth quarter. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, in terms of guys who have stepped up the most with Pascal, OG is like at the very top of that list. 
along with that. Yeah, but I think, no, I think OG deserves all the praise. When, when does the all-star voting start, man? I think we might need to make a push. Um, it's, it can't be too OG far from now. You know, I'm sure Matt, started I'm, December. I'm sure Matt Devlin on the broadcast might, might be making a push. OG, Pascal, you don't seem into it. What's going on? Well, I, I think one thing we got to discuss, too, maybe as a community, as like a Raptor fan community, too, is... Focus. Uh, how, Focus how, how many people are we putting our support behind? Because uh, you know it's not going to be behind everybody, right? Like you, you no. can't expect them to put like four all stars in the game for the Raptors, who are like five hundred right now. Yeah. Well, I think Scotty, that that ship has sailed. No, there is no the Scotty All Star push for the All Star push this year. Pascal deserves to be in the All Star game. Honestly, Fred, Fred, Fred's playing like an All Star too. Fred's man. got a little All Star push healthy? going on. OG's got a little All Star yeah, push but, going on. Okay, we got to lock in then. Okay, but we got to pick who's that second All Star okay. for us. We'll start is, asking, is it OG or is it Fred? Yeah, we'll start asking people as they come on the show then. Okay, all right. We, we got to figure <laughs> this that. This guy out. said we need the content. <laughs> yeah, we need. Yeah, that's fair. We need to crowdsource. But yeah, you know, great compliments from from Luca on OG. Said after the game, quote, he's an he's an amazing player, and I would say on both ends, he's a steals leader in the NBA. But offensively, he's gotten much better. I respect his game. He's an amazing player to compete against. And when OG was told that Luca called him one of the nicest guys in the league, he said, "quote I think he's one of the nicest guys in the league too." Is, is Luca one of the nicest guys in the league? I, I mean, mean I he's, he's only not nice. mean to the refs. No, he he well, yeah, he he is surly towards the officials. But I mean, like a lot of people are. Yeah, I just mean like you know he he Luca enjoys a bit of banter. Oh yeah, yeah. Luke looks a little trash talker. You yeah, remember yeah. last year when he stared down Devin Booker when they were up well, seventy bad. to thirty one in hey, game hey, seven? To be fair, uh, the, I think the Suns started that one. <laughs> if I had to guess, the did Suns the, are definitely the type to. Uh, did the Suns have a post game workout? You think after that game seven? Oh yeah, definitely. Winners work, man. Losers work. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, a great performance uh, from OG. And like we said, Fred with twenty six point six rebounds, seven assists, plus twelve in forty one minutes. So by my math, the Raps were minus 17 in the seven minutes without him, <laughs> yeah, that which we right. saw at the start of the fourth quarter Yeah, when I think Nick had no choice like about two to three minutes in to be like, Fred, going to need you to finish the game. Yeah, you know, he, he brought in Fred and I think Thad into the game at the same point. Nine minutes and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. The rest of the guys just couldn't buy him some time. You know, he did have OG on the floor, right? Because OG was on basically whenever Luka was on. So because Luka played 43 minutes, OG played 43 minutes. Mm. Um, but there just wasn't enough offensive generation around him. And, you know, it was, you know, Jeff Doughton got a chance at it, but I don't think Jeff's been aggressive enough in initiating the offense. He's sort of like playing off of other guys, which is fine. But I think you want your your lead guards um, to initiate a little bit more. So I want to see more of that from, from um, Jeff. But... Uh, yeah, without Fred on the floor, it, the, the offensive creation just kind of tailed off, which makes sense. I mean, like, you you got Gary, who's, like, badly struggling right now, and he didn't play a lot at all in the fourth quarter. Um, and then you have Pascal and Scotty out. There's not that many other guys who can initiate and create at a more efficient basis, you know? So, um, yeah, Nick had to get Fred back into the game, and I thought Fred did a great job immediately coming back into the game and setting guys up and, you know, finding OG for three and, and, and setting up Juan Chill for a pick-and-pop three that he missed, but it was a great chance. You know, finding Chris Boucher on the roll with a nice wraparound pass, which he missed. But, like, you know, guys were just, like, at least getting into a flow offensively with Fred back on the floor, which is exactly what you want to see. And, yeah, I just thought he did a really great job. I mean, like, even, even him getting to the free throw line ten times, hmm. you know, like, that, that was huge. Um, and a lot of those were just, like, smart plays of the Mavs are in the um, – have committed five fouls, and so the Raptors – you know, Fred just comes off a of pick and roll, you know, make sure, you know, because sometimes you come out the pick and roll and you turn inside the arc and then what you do is you like kind of see the point guard like just 
skirt in front of his own man and try to trap him behind. And in their effort to try to get back into the play, you kind of like flail your body a little bit and you get to the free, like all that little subtle stuff that you see for veterans. Or you like cross a guy over and then you go back in the same direction that you were going originally so that the, he bumps you in the body. Yeah. Something like that. This like, is advanced level stuff. No, man. that's 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 stuff where especially if you your team is in the bonus, you see Kyle used to do it all the time. You mm-hmm. see veteran point guards do it all the time. Chris Paul, for example. Like, yeah. It, it was just smart. And again, it was on a night where the Raptors needed offense. Like I, I think it was almost miraculous that the Raptors scored 105. Considering I think Dallas actually has a decent set of defenders. Like they are, if that, nothing else, are three and D types. Yeah, there are only three and D types. <laughs> yeah, this is this they have is, the same eight players with a 78 rating in 2K. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's it, it, it was funny too because and, and uh, you know at the start of the game it was like okay the Raptors give up the corner threes over and over and over again and, and you know double teaming Luca and all this other stuff like I was tired of it too like the Raptors were down eighteen to four yeah okay once again leads don't matter uh no I they uh, they don't um but still it was like okay but Nick stuck to his strategy because of the fact that outside of Luca and Spencer Dinwiddie Dinwiddie's the other guy who can kind of uh, like create on the dribble <laughs> yeah, sure. who else on the team can even dribble on Dallas mm-hmm. right you look at the rotation it was like they who they're playing McGee um Dwight Powell Finney Smith yeah. um you know I'd rather have DF West than DFS <laughs> come on man. why uh, are we slandering Dorian Finney Smith who else does it have nice Tim Hardaway player. they got Christian Wood in Christian there Christian you know? Wood like none of these yeah. guys can dribble and handle and create yeah shouts to our guy Dwight Powell shouts, shouts to Dwight Powell man yeah um Here's Ronaldo standing over a free kick. He's probably going to sell this oh, into the God, wall. Oh, God, live here. update. Best of luck. It's going Derek. into the wall. Best of luck yeah, to it's Derek. Going, it went into the wall. Wow. Best of luck to Derek Brandeo yeah, no, today. Derek looks sick in the background. There's no drops today. Man. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so Fred passed Alvin Williams for fourth on the all-time assist list yeah. for, for the Raptors. And he said after the game, quote, for a guy that's considered a ball hog, I think that's pretty good. Mm. Great accomplishment for Fred, man. Just slowly I moving mean, hey, that's up. A, it's a great accomplishment, but that, I, I like that little subtle dig. That tells you that Fred really knows what the conversations are about him. Yeah, Fred's... You know what I mean? He Fred sees can be a little stuff. sassy. Um, yeah, yeah. I've seen respect. him like some of my tweets before. Not oh, in, in, okay. in a positive way. Oh, okay. When I was like, you know what? You, you, you have all these little favorite players on the team who think... You know, they can do more, and, and you guys think Fred's holding them back. No, Fred's propping them up. Mm. He liked one of those. You yeah. know, we're pretty pro-Fred Van Vliet program, honestly. We're, we're pro-Fred, mostly, be, and I think most of the media is pro-Fred, too, just because yeah. like, he's so willing to work with us. Like, he gives great quotes and stuff well, like that. It's oh, a consistent Fred thing. Fred Van Vliet is rice. He's actually okay. rice. Yeah. Wow, okay, wow. Derek, man. Verdeo took it personally. No, focus on, think, focus on Verde- containing Darwin Nunez. Verdeo's just pressing a random button and hoping it lands in the combo. <laughs> and he hit the right one. Nah, shout out to Derek, man. Um, um, a true pro. Yeah. Shout what out are we to talking him about? crawling under no, the camera. No, okay, okay. I gotta push. I gotta push back against you being like, yeah, we're pro Fred because he works with the media. No, no. He, okay, no. I honestly think that that has a, a part of it, and the other thing that's yes. a part is just like I, I just you see the importance that he has in the game. Yo, he's so important to this team, especially when they're shorthanded. The difference between having Fred and not Fred is a lottery team and a non-lottery team. No, the Raptors team. would have lost by thirty against Dallas if, if Fred the Raps lost by seventeen in seven minutes. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, maybe thirty no. was actually too generous. Like that's all you need to know. Yeah. So mm. I can't believe we haven't gotten to your boy Chris Boucher. Just right. on an absolute run right now. Twenty-two points, thirteen rebounds. Yeah. Huge shot there in the last minute. Mm. Crashing the offensive boards. Mm. Just doing everything. Like you talk about guys filling their role right now. 
and I know Chris, I don't know if Chris is tired of being asked because I think every time he does a media uh, scrum now, he's being asked about like, you know, how have you fit in? Like, how have you found this role now that you've settled into? Mm -hmm. But truly, like, he is playing his role like to a T and just exceeding expectations right now. Yeah, I think Chris is a... It's a great example of, like, when you just consistently play well, there are no storylines around you anymore. Mm. You know, it was last year. Was, he started, obviously, really slowly, and then yeah. he turned it around. And Chris, like, is the, Chris is the bench Fred. Yeah. No, like, I mean, there's like, nothing you can say now. Like, he's just doing the same thing. He continues to prop up the team in terms of the just energy, right? I thought him coming to the game mm -hmm. uh, over the weekend, that's what pulled the Raptors out of that 18-4 to funk. Right. Chris came in and got so many offensive rebounds, was, was, was on the break, and he was attacking, and... And to be honest, like, it was a matchup that I thought he could really win, especially at home, because of the fact that you're looking at an older front line, right? Dwight Powell, just, he's not even that old necessarily, but he's had injuries and stuff like that. You know, he doesn't play the same, you know, physical approach that he used to, right? It's not the same effectiveness. Then it's JaVale McGee. Then it's Christian Wood. Those guys don't move, right? So there's a lot of chances for Chris to sort of get in on that glass. Plus, the Raptors are breaking all sorts of shots. So there's also mm -hmm. more chances for Chris to get on that glass. And, yeah, no, I think it's just impressive that he, he's able to produce without any plays called for him, right? I think for Nick, he doesn't have to worry about Chris. I think probably earlier in, in, in when Chris was sort of starting out with the Raptors, when, whether that was in Tampa or last season or even, even before that, right, the championship defense season, like you probably had to worry about Chris a little bit because of the fact that you don't know what he's coming to do and he's a bit of a wild card. Now I think Chris has Nick's trust to be like, you know what, if I put you in the game, I know what you're going to do for me. Mm. Um. He's saying 25. Can you do something for me? <laughs> I don't know. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then 25 laughing. goes against, he gets you 25 <laughs> with like 10 rebounds, you know? So, um, yeah, I just, I just, I appreciate like no fuss. I don't know why that's so, why funny, is that so funny for you. 25, can you do something? Because I still haven't listened to the album. <laughs> All you see is the memes. Oh, by the way, you see that thing on Spotify where you, they're telling you like your most listened to artists? People have been posting that. They're um that's that time of year again. Yeah. It's like that time of year. But they're doing it this time in like a music festival format. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I was shocked to see to see my list. Man. Oh man, let me see the headlines. So obviously I've got I've got Jay -Z. the go Jay-Z, but look, Taylor Nas. Swift is up there. Drake. Yeah. Taylor Swift. Raekwon, little Wayne. <laughs> What's a T? What's Taylor there for? I'm so consistent what with happened? it though. What? Cameron, Lupe Fiasco, Death Cab, Clips, <laughs> Common, Beanie Siegel, Oasis. Yo, the Chainsmokers, Memphis Bleak, wow. Jeezy, Coldplay, Coldplay next to Jay Dilla. Anyways, this is wild. That's, Shosa, that's Shosa, a good concert though. That, Shosa, I, I, Chris, I, I will go to that festival. Yeah. Shosa, Chris Boucher, and also Thad Young. Thad Young is uh, right now the the I test nasty uh, winner of of this Raptors team. You know, Why? you look at the box score, like one field goal in twenty seven minutes. Oh yeah, but yeah. just out here. Creating turnovers seems like every time a, a no, Raptors. He had a stretch where he forced five straight turnovers yes, out I of did Dallas. See you post that and that was video. the third quarter where the Raptors, you know, yeah. we've seen the Raptors struggle in third quarters of late, mm. right? Start of the third quarter, the Raptors always give him a 10 nothing run. Nick always has to call that first damn timeout. Then yeah. he has to put, you know, 25 in the game. You know, I'm just going to call him 25 now. No, now I like on. that. I like yeah, that. Yeah. I like that. Um, Deuce five. Okay, all right. No. <laughs> just 25. <laughs> just 25 is fine. Quarter. Um, um, but like, you know, like the Raptors have not started third quarters. Well, I, I thought, yeah. um, you know, Thad, 
just forcing those turnovers, getting the Raptors in, you know, into uh, possession advantages, getting them in, in the fast break and stuff. Like I thought the Raptors were able to build a comfortable enough lead mm. in that game. And yeah, I mean, I thought he, 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 Thad didn't even necessarily finish a lot. Like he actually missed a lot of layups. By the way, I, I love Thad for this like play, which you don't see from other guys, where he catches it on the roll. Mm-hmm. And then it, before he even hits the restricted area, he's already throwing up the layup. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like yeah, a, yeah. A it's like a, flo- it's like a floater, with- like layup type. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he's obviously he's not going to elevate and dunk right. over a guy, right? Uh, I don't think he was really ever that kind of player. Maybe, I don't know, maybe back in his Philly days or something like that. But um, yeah, he just like throws up this like quick scoop flip thing <laughs> and it usually drops in or bounces in or something. But he was actually missing quite a few of those. But he was still able to impact the game and you look at the, the box score and he had nine deflections on the night man nine deflections is wild i've seen entire teams with that finish games without nine deflections and i think a lot of that was because he was involved in the traps against luca and how many times did he kick the ball you know there were certain plays where he was getting multiple deflections yes which was like incredible and like you talk about the crunch time offense too like having him out there like he's finding every cutter and like the passes are just so it's just amazing to watch a vet like that I yeah, know we've talked about this over and over. But. Him and him and Wancho have, have developed a nice chemistry. I, we mm. already know him and Chris have a good chemistry. Yeah. The fact that you have both Wancho and Chris on the floor at the same time, like there's always going to be one inattentive defender, right? Like sometimes you put the ball into the post. The guys on the weak side are probably just looking at the ball, right? Mm. And, and seeing like, hey, maybe I, if he goes, I'm going to, you know, collapse middle and I'll, I'll help over. And as soon as guys like turn their heads, look at Thad, that's when Wancho's cutting right behind. That's when mm-hmm. Chris is cutting right behind. And that's exactly what you want to see. And again, like, right now, with the team injured and things like this, right, before, you know, hopefully guys come back in the lineup starting tonight, um, you need just some kind of offense. Like, I even appreciate Ken Burge coming in and setting good screens because at least Fred has something to work with now. Mm. You know what? At least he can play a pick and roll game. And Thad was able, or, or Ken was able to roll in for a couple of dunks, or and he was able to create some space for Fred to pull up, like something. Like those are not the plays that when everyone's healthy, I'm like, oh man, we get that like you know Ken Birch screen for Fred kind of plays. Like obviously that's not going to happen most times, but while they're down right now, it's just, everyone's got to bring something to the table. And I, I'm just appreciating the vets. You know, like Wancho came in, gave you something. Kem came in, gave you something. Chris, he's a vet now to me. He came in and gave you a lot. That yeah. gave you something. And, like, that's all you need. Like, I'm so tired of players coming into the game and you have to cater to their needs or, like, oh, we got to hide them defensively or we got to run plays for them to score. Otherwise, they're not effective. Basically, I'm just talking about Gary and Malachi in these kind of games where it's just like, yeah. yo, everyone's already down bad. Like, we really need everyone on the same page to beat a team like the, the Mavericks who are not playing well and they're on a losing streak. However, they still have Luka. So mm. they're, and they have a lot of vets. So, you know, they can beat you, especially in your current state. So just come in and do your job. And I appreciate the vets for this coming is, and this doing is their the, jobs. This is the fit in uh, versus fit out theory. Yeah, man. those guys you gotta all come fit in. in and fit in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Malachi with one minute uh, of play. The Malachi uh, minute. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Nick's like twenty two. Can you do something for me? Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, Gary. So Gary didn't play down the stretch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but there was no call out from Nick after. No, I, I think I think Gary's responded decently. Like, even if you look at things like you know the, the original conversation was about deflections, right? Sure. So I think uh, Grange asked a question about like, yeah. hey, Gary's deflections are down this year, yeah. and in those two games, Gary's deflections are up. Yeah. So shout out Michael Grange for coaching the team. Yeah. Um, but, but I think but, there's just there's just players that are playing better right now, and yeah, I think yeah. Nick has those options, and that's what he's going to do during the season. Like Gary's chance is going to come. 
Yeah, but I mean, doesn't this, I mean, we can have this conversation later with Grange himself, but doesn't this kind of suggest to you that Gary in the long-term plan seems less and less likely? Could be, but I feel like it's such a long season sometimes. Like, we could check back in in a week, and Gary's playing heavy minutes in the That's closing fair. lineups and stuff. That's fair. So. Yeah, you're right. You're uh, before right. we take the break, uh, happy birthday. Shout out to uh, listener Tina Severine. Um, it's her birthday today. She listens, regular listener of, of the Raptor Show. Uh, why don't you say it? Yeah. No, you say it. Tina Severine. Yeah, hopefully I pronounce that uh-huh. right. If not, uh, I apologize. Um, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, regular listener engages with us a lot. She asked for two things on our birthday. It was uh, a shout-out on the show. Oh, okay. And then a Raptors win. Yeah, always happy so. to provide the shout-outs. So we, we just need yeah. the Raptors to hold up the end of the bargain against Cleveland. But look, we'll, we'll talk about the game coming up tonight. Uh, but for now, we're going to take a quick break. I'm your host, Wolu. That's Alex Wan. You're listening to The Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award-winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wim Liu, joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong in studio. And we have Raptors reporter, Raptors insider, Sportsnet's very own, Michael Grange. Grange, how you doing? I'm good, Well, I'm good, Alex. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Grange, we were talking earlier about, um, you know, who the Raptors should focus their efforts on in terms of making a push to get someone to the All-Star game uh, this season. Uh, who, who do you think it should be? That's a good question. I think uh, OG Ananobi definitely deserves some momentum there. I think, um, you know, I think he's really done everything that they could have asked, and he's he's healthy. He's touch wood. He's, uh, you know, he's obviously carrying a bigger load offensively. Maybe not the biggest ever, but I think for the, the longest stretch. And clearly defensively, I mean, the secret's out, right? Like he is clearly one of the better, if not, I can't say the best, but certainly one of the better uh, defenders in the game. And, uh, you know, you see what he did against Luca on Saturday. That's kind of like a highlight, but we've been seeing that all year. So I think he would be one. And, you know, I think Siakam presumably comes back and picks up where he left off. That'd be the other. And, um, you know, we'll see with Fred, right? We'll see if he can kind of gather a little bit of momentum here. He's obviously scoring very well in November. So if you can keep that up, maybe you can make a case for three, but then you need a lot of wins to justify that. Yeah, I, I think with OG, the only thing that you would hope to tick up a little bit more, because, you know, obviously people are going to look at these things and, you know, uh, people are going to soon start making podcasts of like, here's my all-star ballot for, you know, the, the East and stuff like that. And when they look at Fred... And and they look at OG. The, the only thing that really stands out is sometimes like their efficiency is not as high as you want. Like OG, like shooting thirty three percent from three on the season. We know he's a much better three point shooter than that. I mean, Grange, do you think that's just like a a result of obviously not having Pascal in the, in the game, and so him not necessarily getting the same chances? Or you know, what, what do you what do you explain with that? Because I think OG 
normally should be around 40 for three. Yeah, I mean, he certainly had, you know, what he hasn't had yet this year is one of those stretches where if you look at his history, like he'll, you know, he'll have some cold stretches, but he'll literally go a month and shoot 54% from three. And he just hasn't had that yet. I think there's probably a couple of things, you know, the team as a whole is shooting so poorly from three. And certainly since almost exactly since the Akin went out, so, you know, I think there's got to be a little bit of something to that where the spacing's not as good as it can be and, and uh, the ball's not moving as crisply as it could. And I think also, you know, I, this is more anecdotal than anything, but maybe you guys would agree or not, but I, I find when players are trying to expand their game and, and start putting themselves in situations where they've got to make multiple decisions, um, sometimes things, some things suffer. And so if you're a guy who's been a really good catch-and-shoot, three-point shooter and been able to kind of settle into the corner or settle on the weak side and you know it's going to come back, you know, you, the whole building knows it's coming, right? Swing, mm-hmm. swing, swing. And, you know, I think there's a lot to that. And um, when you're all of a sudden in a situation where you're like, you know, now I need to attack the paint because I need to break down the defense for somebody else or uh, we need to get to the free-throw line or they're in bonus so I've got to punish them or the matchup's right or – you know, you kind of go on down this list, and that's where OG has kind of been this past month. I think, again, I, I don't have data to back it up, but I just seen, I feel like I've seen that before, or not just him, but other players. Shooting kind of suffers, and per- particularly three-point shooting suffers. And um, those would be my two kind of comments. And, uh, you know, and it'll be interesting if and when Pascal gets back and his diet of standing catch-and-shoot threes picks up. Then you know if he's not making those, then maybe you know maybe he's got to him and Gary got to go somewhere and figure it out. Yeah, well, and, and I think with OG in particular, I think he's he's definitely improved so much as a catch and shoot three point um, shooter. Like you, you, we often get into the gym and and see them at practice. And the one drill that OG really likes to do is he just likes to take start from one corner, like deep in the corner, shoot a three, then take one step, literally one step to the side, shoot another three, and just go around the arc all the way to the other end, and then come all the way back. And he does his draw a lot uh, with, with Arrow, and it's just, he's he's really good at it. I don't know. Like, you could we could tell. And I just think that, you know, um, the other thing I think maybe is just because of the high usage, you think maybe he has got less legs to shoot some of those threes? Because it, it has been strange of late seeing him, like, still put up 20-plus, but only having, like, one or two threes made. Like, usually when yeah. OG gets 20-plus, he's made, like, four threes. You know, I, I mean, I think that's a, a completely reasonable assumption as well. I mean, they're asking him a lot. And, and um, you know, there's not very many really high-usage players. I guess you can't really call OG high-usage, really, but he is compared to what he's been before, who are really good three-point shooters. You know, like, you know, you just look at Luca. Luca's a great three-point shooter. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's kind of would want to dare him to make one. Uh, but, you know, he's got the ball in his hands all the time. He's got bodies on him all the time. He's, you know, he's, he's trying to create all the time, and he's shooting 29% and 34% for his career. I'm just looking at OG right now. And if you look back the last couple, the two years, he was right at 40% for his season. Uh, nearly half of his threes came from the corners, and he was over 40, 40 or 40% on those. And even last year, he was 48% on his corner threes. And this year is his the number of the percentage of corner threes he's taken is down. So he's down to about 33%. So that's mm. not quite a low last year was his career low, but it was such a short season. The sample size is 
hard to judge, but definitely lower than what he was the years previous to that when his shooting really came on. And his percentage from the corners a little down. So, you know, it's, it's a bit of both going on. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I just think it, it's, it's, it's hard to make a lot of decisions when you're playing basketball. And, you know, that's what they're asking OG to do. And he's getting better at it. And, you know, the hope is, I'm sure, is as, so as you're not making decisions and you're just playing, then, you know, things can normalize. But uh, he's, carry, he's carrying a load, and it's not that big a surprise that uh, his shooting is, is a little bit off, you know. Yeah, you know, Grange, with uh, Pascal nearing a return, you know, they went 5-5 five and five in this stretch without him, and obviously there was a lot of other injuries that they were dealing with too. Um, when, you, when we look back at, 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 at this stretch here the past couple weeks uh, without him, like, are there things that stand out to you? Are there takeaways that you can have based, based on even though there were so many injuries on this team? Yeah, yeah, I, I think there's, there's, you know, look, the the, the imprint of this team, and and um, you know, it's very clear. <laughs> you know, the, the, I I can't imagine there've been all that many teams in the NBA that have been, uh, you know, kind of bottom one or two in, you know, opponents' field goal percentage or opponents' effective field goal percentage, and you know, still having a uh, 500 record, like somehow, some way they're winning games. And, and what's astounding is they are just so true to their style of play in terms of, you know, dominating offensive rebounds, the number one league in that, dominating turnover battle, they're number one in that, dominating the number of shots they're taking, the, you know, their they're number one in number of shots taken and in the differential between the number of shots is allowed because they never turn it over. Um, and so you kind of look at all, and that the fact that they've maintained that even in this stretch, I think is really, I think if you're an optimist, you'd be really encouraged by that. And you would have to think that as they get healthier and more of their key guys get back and are up to speed, that the defensive breakdowns you're seeing kind of behind the play when, you know, some of their traps aren't, you know, rotating into traps and all that kind of stuff. We've seen them have troubles with at times, um, will get tidied up. And if this, if these guys can get to the point where, um, you know, their own, sh- and, and then on top of that, they've been a horrible shooting slump, like just brutal. <laughs> and, um, you know, we know who those the guys who are kind of responsible for that. So they can kind of just normalize through like mid pack in terms of effective field goal percentage and maintain there. And then kind of, again, kind of be a little more effective defensively overall in terms of actually forcing guys to miss and maintain their edge in possession. Like you can kind of look at all those numbers and go, wow, these guys are ready to go on a real run. Um, and, you know, when you kind of factor in the fact that, that they've been doing it while shorthanded, um, you know, the, the tendency, I would be a little bit more optimistic than not. I think it's kind of a miracle actually that they're, you know, they're 10 to nine or whatever they are to this point, given what's going on. Yeah. No, I, I think Nick and, and some of the players, obviously in particular who have stepped up here, deserve a lot of credit for keeping them afloat. I think OG obviously chiefly being one of those guys. I think that obviously has really stepped up as well. But, um, you know, it, it's it's funny even looking at the lineup against Dallas. It's like, you know, normally if you have five, six, nine guys injured, right, you got Pascal out, Delano's out, Pasta, Scotty's out, Precious, you know, when you have that situation like that, um, you normally are deficient on the wings, and then the Raptors go ahead and start three more five, uh, six, nine guys and bring some centers off the bench to fill out the rotation. But I, I think, obviously, that's just the identity of the team, and I think that kind of speaks to them continuing to play the same style 
even without their main guys. And, you know, I, I think the, the question that usually gets asked, and you know this, Grange, is like when a guy misses some time due to injury, they always ask, you know, uh, what did you see from the team, from the other guys on the team um, while, while, while you were out? So I, I think, Grange, I'll probably ask you the same thing. Like, what did you see from some of the guys who, um, without passing on the floor, their games really took a step back? Oh, took a step back or took a step up? Well, but maybe both ways, but I think... Both. Okay, well, uh, well, I think if we're, if we're talking step back, right? Like, I think Gary Trent Jr. is... He's in a funk. And uh, he, right now, would be... Uh, you know, he, Nick Nurse made reference to his defense, which has not been, you know, what it's been last year. And his offense is is non-existent. He's shooting 18% in November, right? Like, that's... You just get that from three and 30% overall. So that's, you know, the fact that they've, you know, Gary's been mostly healthy and, and, but they've almost been better off when he hasn't played. So I think that's a big question mark. And, you know, he's, I don't know if it's because of Pascal, but for whatever reason he suffered, I think on the other side of the coin, um, what's been really interesting is as so many guys have got hurt, you've seen the quality of, of some of the depth components and, you know, that is an obvious one. I mean, he's the five games he started, like he was just wasn't good. Like he was amazing. Like mm-hmm. it's hard yeah. to play basketball better than he played it in the role he was in. Um, and then, uh, you know, Wancho was, uh, was very good in enough spurts to convince you that there's more there. Um, and so what I'm, and the other guy who I think has caught my eye, you know, almost every time he's on the floor has been Jeff Dowden Jr. Mm. Um, you know, I think he's, um, you know, I don't think he's maybe as creative a player as as uh, as Malachi, but I don't think they want that. <laughs> you know, I think they want someone who is just locked in possession after possession, who can, you know, be effective in kind of a low usage type role off as a guard, and um, you know, and can kind of is can kind of turn it on. He doesn't need 12 minutes to make it happen. So, um, you know, those. And as a collective, a collection, I, I'm still, I'll, I'll have a hundred harder time understanding when, when, if and when this team ever gets healthy, why they don't kind of roll a little deeper and a little uh, more consistently deeper on the bench. And what I mean by that is have, you know, a four man unit that plays 18 to 22 minutes or 16 to 20 minutes and, and really, you know, you know, maybe a five man unit at times and really give, an opportunity for, you know, Fred Lee not to play 38 minutes and, and, and on down the line. I, I think it's just, to me, I, I think that's why some of these guys were brought here. And, and I think that there's an opportunity to, to, to kind of run with that a little bit. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I think that during this time, you've, you've gotten to see some players start to emerge. Like, obviously, we all knew that Thad was productive as a player. I, I thought he showed it uh, when he came over at the deadline last year. But um, it was strange that at the start of the season, he had a couple of DMPs. You know, it's just we knew he was good enough where it, the Raptors didn't have, like, nine other guys better than him who should be playing. Um, but I think Thad can kind of play. And I think Thad, if he has a role to play with the bench, which I think he does, then he can kind of connect some of these other guys where, you know, even when guys are healthier again, you know, um, you could still continue to run Thad in the post a little bit and have that be one of the sources of offense for you, especially for a bench group. Because right now it's working with a starting group, right? And so, you know, I think there's there's probably more options um, that Nick has 
while everyone's healthy than, than he probably initially thought at the start of the season. Um, I, I think the last thing before we go, Grinch, um, you know, it, it is, it's hard to not notice the fact that um, Gary has been called out by Nick um, and then he doesn't, Nick doesn't play him in the fourth quarter. Now, Nick did say after the Mavs game that it was just sort of a rotational thing and guys like Wancho and Thad were playing really well in their roles and whatever, right? Chris was doing well off the bench as well, so you want to keep him on the floor. So just Gary just didn't get in. But I, I don't know. Does this not suggest to you a little bit that like the long-term future for Gary here might not be as secure as it looked like, let's say, last season at this point in the year? <laughs> well, if he keeps playing like this, I'll be able to sign him a lot cheaper. <laughs> I just don't know if I want to. Um you know, I think I think he's he's in a real uh, tenuous position. Personally, I think he's, um, you know, I, I like him. I I think we've all seen moments and several of them last yeah. year where yeah. he can take over games, and like I'm not for a minute do I think he's not going to emerge and, and do that. But he can't. It's got to happen sooner <laughs> than later because, you know, like she, we all know the shooters are streaky and, and it comes and goes. But this is. As I said before, I think, you know, it's 17.5% from three, 33, 30% overall for nearly a month. Um, you just don't see slumps like that happen. And yet he's had, with the exception of, you know, that the fourth quarter the other day, he's, you know, he started every game he's been healthy for. His minutes haven't varied. His shots haven't varied. Um, and yet it's been identified, you know, pretty plainly that his defense, in addition to his offense, which we can all see, has also been, um, you know, a notch below what they expect. So I think that there's some show me going on um, internally saying like, you know, like I, the Raptors will pay you. Like, I mean, the evidence is there. They paid guys over and over again. They paid Gary, but you know, if you're not going to play at a level, they want you to play and, and defend with an energy they want you to defend, um, you know, there's there's zero chance they would bring him back, and I think uh, to the extent that they could find a market for him in February, then then I think they would do it. But I mean, all that can change in a month, but it's got to change. Yeah, my my personal thing is I still believe in Gary. I think that I liked what I saw from last season, and he's just got to find his shots again. I mean, like since Pascal's gone down in the eight games, he's shooting thirty three percent from the field and seventeen percent from three. Like, I understand Pascal's really good at collapsing the pain and and, and you know then triggers those kickout passes and then swing swing and Gary can get shots in, in rhythm. But like, no one player should be determining whether or not you shoot seventeen percent. If you're a good shooter, you're a good shooter. You know what I mean? So right. And and and, yeah. and as I said, slumps happen. This is a you know you don't see them this deep this long all that often. Uh, they can turn on a dime. I mean, just look at Clay Thompson two weeks ago, right? Yeah, exactly. Like was, yeah. You know, he looked like he couldn't didn't deserve being a league anymore, and all of a sudden he's been. Clay Thompson again. So, um, again, it could happen tonight, <laughs> and he could go off for a huge game. It can happen that fast. But, um, you know, it's got to be accompanied by, by you know, a, a renewed vigor defensively as well. And, yeah. Um, you know, and that's it's in his hands because he's given, been given all the opportunities you could ever want. Yeah, there you go. All right, Grinch, thanks you for joining us on the show as always, and uh, I'll see you at the American later tonight. All right. My pleasure, guys. Have a good day. Thank you, Grinch. Yeah, and in Gary's defense, since Nick's call out seven steals in two games. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, go ahead. Anyways, now it's time for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. The Toronto Raptors are hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight at Scotiabank Arena. Rematch of the opening night matchup. The Raptors are three and a half point favorites on the injury report. Jared Allen. 
Kevin Love and Lamar Stevens are out for the Cavaliers. And on the Raptor side, as we've mentioned, Pascal Siakam, along with Scotty Barnes and Delano Banton, are all listed as questionable. Precious Achua and Otto Porter are out. This is actually a pretty big matchup. You know, keep looking at the East standings. We're about 20 games in now. I think Boston and Milwaukee have separated themselves. As yeah, they're, the they're clearly the class. They're right clearly now. the class of the East. But yeah. I feel like from the number three spot on, everything is wide open Oh yeah, in the yeah, East. Yeah. The Raptors yeah. are just two and a half games out of third place where Cleveland is right now. Mm. Cleveland is 13 and seven. Listen, it's early in the season, but like, you know, this is a big game for them tonight. Yeah. Um, Cleveland has not played well with Jared Allen out. He's kind of the, he's not just kind of, he is the backbone of that team. Defensively, he carries all the players and that includes Evan Mobley. Mm. And so I think that him being out really, really disrupts them. I think Kevin Love's played well against the Raptors over the past as well. So not having him is, is a big deal. Um, you know, and yeah, I mean, I, I think my my hunch is that Pascal's back in the lineup. And so, yeah, I mean, give him the line, but I think I'm probably taking, you know, the Raptors if Pascal's back. Okay. Yeah. So again, I think with every Raptors game, we've said this season, wait for the injury report closer to yes. uh, Nick's well, pregame. Right. Nick will speak pregame. What's the, what's the game today? 730? Yeah. So 545. 545. Yeah. 545. He'll It'll be the first a, question. He'll have a 10, 10 Raptors reporters will tweet out who's in, who's out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe 11. Uh, anyways. No, no, no. Um, yeah. So, no, I like the Raptors. My, minus three and a half as yeah, well. They're I home think. too. I mean, again, the, the, the biggest thing to look for is is is, is Allen being on the lineup. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, you know, you know you're probably going to see Chris have a big game, mm. you know, um, getting on the glass. And we'll see who wins the Chris Boucher versus Evan Mobley matchup. Oh, okay. I mean, if a guy's generational, he should be able to beat the sixth man of the year, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to hear you shout no bag again. Oh, who? Tonight. Marvin Bag Marvin Bagless? <laughs> Marvin Bagless. Marvin Bagless the third? No, I hope Pascal comes back tonight, man. No, he's Marvin Bagless the fourth. Yo, 43, <laughs> man. Can you do something for me? In, in a, why do you love this joke this much? I don't man? know. I'm trying to figure it's it out. It's not even that funny, man. As Come someone on, man. who laughs at none of your jokes, I don't know why this one has landed. Uh, uh Blake Murphy tomorrow. Yeah. Moda Kill on Wednesday. True Hooper. True Hooper. We got Lindsey Dunn coming in next week. Nice, nice, nice. Savannah. Haven't reached out to Savannah yet, but Savannah, you'll be on the show soon. Savannah, you're invited. All right, <laughs> we're going to try to recruit you at the arena tonight. Yeah, so all of that. So uh, enjoy the game tonight, everybody. That's correct. Um, that does it for us today. I've been your host, Wolu, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sports Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sports at YouTube channel and airing live on Sports at 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3. Thanks again to producer and host Alex Wong. Thanks to Michael Grange, our board producer Derek Brendale. Good luck to Portugal in the second half and Frank Baraska for helping us with the YouTube stream. We'll be back tomorrow.